three, two, action. Good evening, Philadelphia. We've just received word that a litter of adorable kittens is stranded somewhere inside this building that could erupt into flames at any moment. Who will save them? Good, good. That's good. Now, no, shoot the, no, shoot the building now. What? Okay. Dude, who will save move, them? Move, dude. I know, but I'm saying if oh, I, I, talk if I could go. get into the... Go. Do it again. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down, dude. So I just go grab the box of kittens and run out? Yeah, that's all there is to it. You'll be famous. Everybody loves a hero. Okay. Sounds easy enough. Get to it. it smells overwhelmingly like kerosene in here. Uh-huh. Live from Public Access TV, this is episode 9 of the Wild Card, the podcast entirely devoted and dedicated to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Dan, have you ever been to a rave? Well, are we talking about like the old school like 90s raves with like all the neon colors? Yes, but any rave in general would count. <laughs> uh, it's not like, yes, yes, but not really. Like I've been to like a, like a club with like that kind of music going on. Like I've been in that environment uh, several times, but I've never been to like what a, would be considered a rave. Like I wasn't wearing like uh, what was that stuff? Like that dust that they throw on people with like multicolors on it. Oh yeah, um, I don't know what it's called, but like yeah, that stuff like glitter, glitter, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, neon colors like those uh, the waving sticks. Uh, not not really my scene, but. Uh, <laughs> Did, was it was it after hours though? Uh, there, there. I've been to some after hours spots. Oh yes. my god, damn! I I haven't been to any. I haven't been, like. I think I've been to one club in my life. You're really not missing out. Uh, it was never <laughs> for me. Well, that was the reason why. And you're not famous enough to be in them. You know, like you want you, you can't you you want you couldn't even get any of these clubs. You have to like just make fun <laughs> of the bouncer aggressively. Very aggressively. I, I also never had the. Uh, the glow stick twirlage down so uh, I, I didn't have those moves in me you know yeah you wouldn't be you couldn't cut it in a club scene dude you couldn't cut it in the rave scene i didn't learn tectonic <laughs> 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 but trust me you are not missing out oh man no i'm not missing out and you know what else i'm not going to be missing is this year because this is the last podcast of 2020 <laughs> the year is coming to an end. Dan, what are your uh, thoughts on uh, what we just went through? Definitely a tough year for myself from a personal standpoint. You know, I am fortunate to uh, be in an okay situation. Uh, no one I know that's directly, you know, in my family or, you know, close friends has gotten the virus or anything like that. So, you know what, uh, if anyone out there is, you know, hurting from that stuff, uh, I feel for you um but yeah definitely have been a tough year how about yourself um same as you very very thankful and grateful you know still to be employed and still to be in a okay situation to get by and everyone's healthy all around and uh i try just try to make the best of it you know like as we couldn't really do anything about it nobody had control over what was going on and as hectic and crazy and you know all over the place things got um you know you just got to put your head down like plow through and uh, make the best of it and uh a lot of good things came out of this year too so pretty pretty fortunate to uh, to be here and uh, pretty fortunate to have started this podcast too that's a good point yeah we uh we had talked about doing a podcast for i don't know probably a while before this pandemic and uh it only took a worldwide pandemic for us to actually start it <laughs> 
all it took was a couple of fish heads getting passed around nonstop and uh, somebody caught a bad bird flu and here we are. <laughs> uh, I can't wait till we get to that scene. Oh, dude. Uh, when, when that happened, I was like, oh my God. Like I, I, I couldn't recall that at all from the episode and I was just, it, it blew, completely blew me away. So yeah, thanks for tuning in to the wild card in 2020. And uh, thanks to everybody who checked out an episode or two. And uh, we really look forward to doing more episodes. Uh, we're very, we have a very fun time doing this. So we definitely have a lot in store for you. So yeah, thanks for checking it out. And uh, I guess we should uh, go ahead and uh, announce today's episode. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, today's episode is Season 3, Episode 8. Uh, it's entitled, Frank Sets Sweet D on Fire. So, off the off the bat, uh, we've got a pretty bold statement. You know, you know some shit's going to go down. This is going to crumble so badly. You know, whatever the, the synopsis is, whatever the, the, the main plot is, it's going to completely um, collapse upon itself. With a title like that, it has to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'd be upset if it didn't go completely to chaos uh, off the off the bat on this one. So, um, yeah, the you know the basic story here is uh you know there's a bit of a, a an alliance with Mac, Charlie, and Frank, and then Dennis and D have their own storyline. Um, Mac, Charlie, and Frank attempt to become news reporters, and then Dennis and D try to become club hopping uh, celebrities. Because they think it's uh you know the celebrities can get and get away with anything, so they actually bring up something that's sort of relevant to what we're going through now. And um, this this episode came out in two thousand seven, um, but they talk about misinformation. In, oh my god! In uh, you know popular news and how you don't know what the true story is. And this was two thousand seven. Um, really before the big role of, you know, social media, like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter really played a part in people's, uh, knowledge and information stream. So the fact that they're talking about that now or uh, in 2007 is, is, uh, amazing to me. <laughs> Absolutely. When I was telling you, like, uh, it, it always shocks me how they made these episodes so long ago, but they're still so relevant today that like that, like what what's going on in the episode is is like to a t like what's happening now like one you have people trying to create so much random content in order to get famous like that is just non-stop nowadays like i like p being a youtuber is pretty much like a profession people are trying to chase which is insane and then two obviously you have uh like paparazzi style magazines like what dennis and d were reading in the beginning which is all like misinformation itself and you have like public access tv which is kind of like a channel where people can broadcast anything um man it just it honestly like blows my mind how they did this 13 years ago and it, they they're on the you know they hit the nail on the head it's kind of interesting that you can do the exact same episode now but change the format so you know public access tv to me is very similar to like what tiktok and youtube is right now anyone getting on there throwing up whatever content they kind of create you know and you have the same the the same uh, parallels with the you know people magazine or whatever Dennis and D reading to what TMZ and all these you know entertainment sources are now uh so it it, it is you're right it is super interesting that you know how relevant 
these things are today versus what they were 13 years ago. But I also kind of think of it as like a sad truth. It's like, damn, we have not really uh, evolved as a society. <laughs> now, do you think like what we just spoke about was just as relevant in 2007? Or do you think like Sonny kind of had like a third eye and was like foreseeing into the future? <laughs> if they did, that's uh, that's an amazingly t- talented uh, group of writers. Kind of how like Matt Groening predicts the future of the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> I guess we were just too young to like, pay too much attention for what was going on around us like you know uh we weren't old enough to really care about like relevant news or you know the world in itself we were just kind of like still finding our own ways and like you know finding you know to position ourselves in the world so i I find like that's common with a lot of people like caring to like necessarily about very serious issues is not going to come to you at a young age um so yeah maybe things were relevant tells them we just weren't aware of it the news reporter thing i think that's that's probably all since the invention of news uh <laughs> that's probably a bit of relevant thing of like what is the truth right um you know i think you know we just spoke about 2020 i think a lot of people's uh news intake was about conspiracy theories you know like a lot of people are truly not sure what is the truth anymore and uh there's a lot of people that deny a uh, global pandemic and uh, that think the government is out to get them. And I, I don't know. It's, it's Sonny pokes fun at it in the form of the, of the reporter, but it is, it, it is a much bigger, much bigger thing uh, than, you know, Sonny kind of deep takes a dive into, but um, maybe they, maybe they'll redo this episode. They, they, they easily, I would love for them to do that. That's something I actually thought about. I was like, if they did this in the upcoming four seasons that they just got renewed for, it would make so much sense for them to cover the topics that they covered in this episode today. Absolutely. And the, like you said, so much fake news around us, but the one news that is truly the most important and that I believe more than anything else is that Frank Reynolds invented the coronavirus. <laughs> Is Frank is Frank patient zero? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he is. Uh, he was up to something there. It smelled fishy, no pun. But uh, Frank Frank invented the coronavirus. Yeah, you know what? That that again. This episode came out in two thousand seven, thirteen years before we are in a true global pandemic. And yeah, when Frank sort of says, "Hey, let's." Let's find a sick guy and make up a pandemic. That is literally what I'll probably a lot of people right now do believe. Yep. Which is sort of the scary thing, right? Yeah. As soon as you said like the words pandemic and like bird flu and like, I was like, what the hell? Like, how is he like doing this like in 2007? But like when you, I, I guess when you like genuinely think about it, there were other forms of like coronavirus in the past and like, you know, you had SARS and all that stuff. So new flu-like pandemics were a reality throughout you know the history of the world that's how diseases get discovered and all that. and that's how like humans build immunity and get stronger as like a population but it was just it was just the delivery and i guess the fact that we were watching it now and we're actually living something like this just resonated with us a lot more 100 percent, yeah i also uh i found that scene so funny just them just that that's when the chaos really kicks into ne- the second gear also very um very uh stereotypical and uh kind of racist <laughs> when you think about it because they are in chinatown and 
a lot of people say the coronavirus is the Chinese flu. <laughs> so, yeah, Frank, uh, Frank really delivered hard in that, uh, hard in that scene. There is a uh, hilarious line that I, I want to talk about. Actually, a few hilarious lines in that first scene where they really start um, getting into both people's stories. One, we got to talk about uh, Dee's comment about Syria. <laughs> oh, my God. Because, <laughs> yeah, obviously, you know, Dee and Dennis are, are basically reading a, a smut magazine, you know, just something that's just complete garbage for your mind. And then Frank recommends, uh, you know, a newspaper and D picks it up and the headline is basically like uh, uh, plutonium found in Syria and then Dennis says oh no we won't be able to vacation in Syria and he- <laughs> Uh, no, 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 but Dennis, look, plutonium smuggled into Syria. <sighs> That's going to change my life drastically. It's going to change everyone's lives. No one can go to Syria anymore Ooh, for vacation. Boo. It would be awesome if they did an episode where they actually do vacation in Syria. <laughs> oh, man. But honestly, like, I, I, don't, I don't even know many people that actually do want to go to Syria. Just like the state of the country is just miserable. Yeah, yeah. I think people are trying to get out and not go in. Um, but... Yeah, that was, you know, right off the right off the bat, right off the bat, uh, extremely you know offensive, uh, but super funny. Absolutely, that this is the thing I love the most about this episode is like the storylines are just so well tied in together, and it was like a hit from the beginning to the end. But the beginning really set the tone for the episode because you really find out, uh, in particularly what like these people have you know, have on their agendas and what they want to be up to. And um, I also am a giant fan of when uh, they transition from the last uh, context in the script to the title of the episode. They did it really well in this one. Um, And it was also like, it was just like a really well-written episode because there's so many little elements that you find funny when you initially see them but you don't think is going to play a bigger role in the episode. And then when the episode kind of caps off at the end, they really do a good job at like making it a full circle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everything kind of really connects together. Uh, Yeah. I think that's such a skillful writing tactic. Not that many shows I've seen are really good at that. Um, You know, something, I think we've mentioned this a couple of times on the, on the, on this podcast, uh, the comparison to Seinfeld. I I usually mention these things. Um, yeah, this is another one where, you know, multiple groups have different storylines and then they kind of come together in the end. I, you know, I, I love that. I think how they're able to wrap up the storylines in that way is uh, is an amazingly skillful technique. Absolutely. I was also a very big fan that not every other scene was the other storyline. They kind of took time to like really dive into like Charlie Mack and uh, Dennis at first and they like really focused on that and I find by doing that, like you really, it really like enhanced the humor. So I, I also noticed that too. And I, I do enjoy it because it's, you know, it's a little bit of a break from the normal formula, but the only problem I had with that is that I liked one storyline way more than the other one. So then I'd have to, I'd have to wait for them to finish the one side for them to get back onto the thing that I want to see. It, it was just because Max's storyline like started off on such a high note that when they like kept going with it, I, was, I got excited because I knew it was funny. So I wanted to see more action from them. So that kept me going. 
you're right though. Like I do take more favor in one storyline, but both were equally funny. Yeah, 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 for sure. Kind of speaking about the storylines, you know, we, we sort of talked about uh, Dennis and Dee, their upbringing on like what they are looking to do in, in this episode, which is basically become famous. They want to make Deandra the the famous drunk girl in the club and Dennis is just around with her. The other side of the story is that Mac basically gets cut off from his big uh, big news interview about the traffic uh the traffic situation and i wanted i do want to get into that charlie kind of jumps on that because he thinks that mac popped (laughs) and and frank frank really acts in this episode as the evil genius that's really fueling a lot of this you you know what before we keep going with this uh, you said like a perfect thing about frank because i got a lot of um extreme home makeover vibes from this episode it had a very similar tone to how frank was in that episode and then this episode i also think that it escalated the same way as the home makeover episode (laughs) oh oh yeah (laughs) basically the whole thing really starts off with mac being upset that he got cut off in his news interview and his stance on the traffic situation is that they should only have yellow lights (laughs) so people are still uh cautious but everyone's making a uh, good time on their, on their uh, travels. What do you think of this idea? Dude, if, if, if I know anybody, as soon as somebody sees the yellow light, they're going for it. They're not they're, slowing they're down. Gunning. Yeah, they're gunning it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to stop at a yellow light knowing they have to wait for even longer. You, and you really feel like a bitch when you, when you do that, when you're like that guy. Like, hey, let's say you, got, you have another car next to you and you know you're both getting to a yellow but they go for it and you don't your your day is shot <laughs> or there's somebody behind you yeah yeah exactly. and you both could make it but you decide to stop and you don't want to be that guy yeah the other guy just doesn't like you um, no then you look at your rear view mirror to make sure they're not giving you a dirty look exactly <laughs> I, I you know so as as ridiculous as this uh situation is i kind of would love would love like a scenario to try it um, I don't know about your area, but a lot of areas in uh, southern Ontario are implementing roundabouts. Mm, no, that's not a thing here. Ultra annoying to drive through, but apparently they're really great for traffic flow and less accidents happen. So uh, I'm all yeah, for it's that. It's big in Europe. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, I drive through. I've driven through a lot of them. So Damn, no, that's not a thing here yet. You know what would be better than uh, just yellow lights? You know when like the lights broken and you have like the flashing red light, I feel like that would be better than just yellow lights. What what would be the difference? Because that kind of acts like a stop sign, mm, okay. so people know to stop when they see that. You can go if there's nobody around you. Do you think people are gonna follow that? I mean, in the situations I've been, that goes better than just yellow lights. Yeah, <laughs> but... that's that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, I didn't. I didn't pop like knack. <laughs> Yeah, you you did not pop in your interview. Trust me. Oh my God, dude, there was an accident today, and then the news talker asked Mac what happened, and he totally went off. Dude. I went off for like twenty minutes. It was amazing. I totally popped, right, Charlie? Oh, popped. you popped. You're gonna be famous. Wait, here it is. Here it is. Stop! 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 Uh, you know, a funny thing about this uh, this scenario is that they just sort of did something like that on The Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember the exact uh, situation how they get into it, but there's a scene where Lenny is driving and. He's kind of getting to the intersection and it's like, stay yellow, stay yellow. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he's like, ah, oh, man, I'm making record time. 
if only I had some place to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned The Simpsons because I was going to mention The Simpsons too. Uh, more on the public access TV note, yeah, public access reminded me of the cha- the type of channel that uh, they aired the Mr. Plow commercial on at like 2 a.m. Yeah, and they also do that in the episode where Homer is a sex offender. Oh, yeah. The, the rock late bottom night, or like, something? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the gummy candy. The gummy candy, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good episode, too. I uh, I was also a very big fan now because we're still on like the intro scene uh, of how Mac and Charlie entered the bar and how Charlie was just like flustered the entire time and kept yelling. Usually like an, an absurd amount of yelling annoys me, but Charlie had the perfect amount of yelling and yelling delivery in this episode. His yelling delivery is so perfect because he has like that squirrely voice, you know, he gets so riled up. Yeah, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah, and uh, he does it when uh, they realize he didn't have a tape in the in the camcorder. Yep, yep. Oh, I forgot to put a tape in it. Oh, I forgot to put a tape in it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I love, I love. I feel like it happens more now than it, or sorry, more um, in this era of episodes than yes. it does now. Yes, I feel like Charlie is a little bit more riled up back in the day, and um, I oh, man, I love it. I think it's so so funny. It was actually funny enough. That was one of the reasons I actually didn't like the show when I first watched it. It was because of Charlie's like squirrely voice. You, I remember you mentioning that a couple of times. But after like a little while, I got like I got hooked on it, and I I wanted to see Charlie get mad all the time. This goes like perfectly to what I was saying last time. Was I wasn't aware like of what this episode was going to hold at all. Like I didn't remember it at all until I just watched it for this episode. But the one thing I had said was. Uh, knowing it was an older season, they kind of had a little more liberty and freedom to kind of bend the rules and do what they want. And that like perfectly like portrays this episode. It was like, it, it was just like, it's right on the line. Like, or, like not, it's like right before crossing the offensive line. This yeah. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they push it just to the edge just to keep you like at the edge of your seat, but they're not really going to do anything bad. It's like subtly bad, but you know, they're doing it obviously like in good humor and obviously to poke fun at the situation. I, I kind of had like high hopes going into it because I saw it was like an earlier season. Like, so I, I was, I had a feeling it was going to be this type of episode. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And it, you know, we sort of talked about the sort of the era that this was released. It definitely comes off a little bit dated when D says, Oh, they can take pictures of us on those fancy camera phones. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> you know, uh, I guess 2007. You know, phones weren't. I don't. Know, I don't think I had. I had a cell phone in 2007. Oh, I did not, man. I got a cell phone late. Yeah, so did I. So did I. I that was the first thing that kind of came up to me. I was like, "Whoa, that's a like. Why are you saying like that?" But I guess it makes sense for the the time that this came out. Yeah, you know, and you also mentioned like the public access TV, and that is that plays a big part in this episode as well. Uh, because yeah, not only is that the platform that Mac and Charlie choose to, you know, broadcast their own personal news. That's also where another show that comes up is highlighted in the, in the, in the episode. Uh, is it called the dancing guy show? Does it have a name? I don't think it had a name. Uh, they, they, they just referred to him as dancing guy. Dancing guy. Now, uh, overall, what were your thoughts on the dancing guy, uh, segments in this episode? You know what? I was a fan. I'm not going to lie. When it came on, I was right there with the gang watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. Yeah. 
I love how they like make fun of it, but then they like get hooked <laughs> and it becomes like their favorite show. Isn't that a lot of shows? Like, are, like everyone has like guilty pleasures. Everyone has shows where it's like, man, I really shouldn't like this, but like I just watched 10 episodes in a row. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what this was for them because yeah, a pretty nonsense show. Now, if you had to pick Dancing Guy or Diaper Time. Uh, I'm gonna go with the OG Dancing Time. I, I I don't I don't I although Diaper Time has a lot more lot more characters and uh, you know Dennis Deer in it. I feel like I feel like Dancing Guy gets the gets the job done. Dancing Guy is the OG. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna divert from that. Dan, before we uh, before we go any forward, let's uh, knock off one of our three categories here. Um, what was your favorite scene of Frank Set's Sweet D on Fire? And before we say that, I also want to point out the fact that there is the word Sweet D in the title, something we had spoke about, saying how they use that term a lot in the older episodes, but not so much nowadays. And here it's like blatantly in your face. So I kind of, that kind of caught my attention. But yes, your favorite scene. My favorite scene is in the... Charlie Mack Frank uh, segment of the uh, of the episode. They, I, I bounced back and forth between the Chinatown scene and the scene in the old folks' home, especially because they're back to back. Both of them were so funny, uh, but I think the Chinatown one edges it. One because I love the reference to the Tokyo Drift, <laughs> yes. the Fast and the Furious. Yes. Uh, which is really, in my opinion, I know this is an odd pick, but uh, probably my the only Fast and the Furious I like because it's like actually about cars. It's not about a drug heist or like Vin Diesel working with The Rock. It's like <laughs> about uh, actually cars doing awesome ass tricks. So I like that one. Uh, I love the Chinatown scene because so I, I'm also grouping it, them conversing about it, and them uh, in the in the building where the the group is playing Wii Sports. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Love that. Love that scene. That that one that one takes the cake for me because you know it it's got Frank sort of kind of build like calling the shots like all right yeah go do that go do that and like he Brent mentions the pandemic thing he's like all right this is what we gotta do to get people watching. This is also uh revealed that Charlie had not filmed anything up to this point. And you know there's a big blowout where they're all yelling at Charlie that he didn't film anything. And this is one of the scenes that highlights Max's hilarious face on camera. You know, completely just drenched in sweat. And his eyebrows are like really cartoony, I'll say. And like The Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. That one, that one is the most entertaining scene for me. Uh, what, what would you say? Dude, my favorite scene was the retirement home scene uh, right before this one. Yeah, you can make an argument for either. Absolutely, one. dude. Uh, same thing. Like Mac as the uh, as the host of the uh, of the talk show is absolutely hilarious. Huge shout out to the mustard yellow blazer that makes an early appearance here. Uh, that's that's iconic, obviously in the Hugh Honey and Vic Vinegar episode. Um, Mac profusely sweating is absolutely a funny. Uh, it, it even gets funnier as the episode goes on because he like he sweats a bit in the retirement home. He starts sweating even more in Chinatown, but then he's like profusely sweating when he has the makeup on his face at the end. Um, but the funniest thing Mac does is the way he holds his ear as if he has an earpiece in there <laughs> when he's talking to the camera. <laughs> it killed me. That's so true. I didn't, I didn't really realize that until you said it, but yeah, he does do that. 
Oh man. And then um, Frank obviously saying like uh, the whole thing about getting ass raped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. absolutely funny. I wouldn't want to be in the old folks home if I was, if that was happening to me. And then uh, the old lady saying that the problem here is the blacks. <laughs> also the way it was delivered funny not in itself is funny racism is not funny right um but well one of my favorite things is also the dynamic between charlie filming and mac interviewing they kept like arguing and bickering with each other as the interviews going on and and wouldn't charlie realize that all his commentary is going to be on the track like (laughs) on the film when he's like oh dude don't do that don't do that it's like okay go 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 it's like okay good save (laughs) (laughs) oh man Dude, like, uh, oh, I'm like dying of laughter right now just thinking about it. But yeah, Mac in this role killed it. It was so funny. Um, takes the cake for me. The retirement scene, amazing. But yeah, the the Chinatown scene was just as funny. What? Oh my God! Dude, no, no one's not like ass for getting ass Come on, man. No, so people don't want to be here because they feel like they because they're getting ass raped. No, he's oh, getting ass raped, Frank. Geez, the love of God, man. All right, come on. I'm a little. All right, look, we're locked and loaded here, man. I'm okay. ready to shoot this thing. Yeah, okay, let's talk this. We yeah, let's, let's go. Come on, let's move. Okay, here we go. All right, I'm gonna do like a catchphrase thing. Yeah. Okay, ready? In here we go. Three, two, one. Good afternoon, Philadelphia. This is Matt coming to you live from the Malvern Retirement Home. Go, 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 go. Hello, Miss. What's your name? Irvine Simon. Hello, Irvine. Why don't you tell us what's really going on here? Cool face. Hold it. Hold it. Well, I get up around 5. 5.30 if it's bingo the night before. Then I eat breakfast. I like to have fruit. She steals the grapes. I do not. Check a purse. Don't okay, interrupt. I think we've covered breakfast. Let's move past it. Good save. Then after breakfast, I like to sit and read recipes. I don't even know how to cook. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to tell the world, Irvine? My grandson's birthday on Friday. No, no. Is there anything about this place that you don't like? The blacks. Cut! 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 What that. are you for? That was just starting to get good. No, it was not good, okay? Yeah, I think I think those two scenes together. I, you know, if we can group them together, that that's the that's the biggest segment of the of the episode to me. That that is the takeaway. It's like a must watch uh, part of this episode. Yeah, it's also I love, I love actually in the Chinatown scene. I just thought of this, is when Mac does save that guy's life. He's like, I saved your life, bitch. <laughs> yeah. You know what I also noticed about that? Mac always talks about it, like how tough he is. This is the one of the rare times I actually seen him throw a punch. And yes, and Charlie doesn't get it on tape. Like no one, no one would even believe this happened. If, <laughs> That's if, true. You know? That's true. Yeah. Oh man. I also love the um the Wii Sports thing. How like you know all those guys are playing Wii Sports. Uh, I don't know about you, but I used to play that all the time back in the day, and that shit is fun as hell. It's so fun. It was like the perfect like interactive game to play with others. Yeah, yeah, and I especially like the Wii tennis because it's pretty easy motion. Anyone can jump in. Uh, yeah, the bowling was fun too. Yes, the bowling was fun. Yeah, um, there was another one like called like Sonic and Mario Olympics or something for the for the Switch. Oh, or sorry, never Wii. played that. Uh, that was really fun too. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's also you know thing that keeps it a little bit dated as well. That. Uh, you know, rocking the uh, Nintendo Wii instead of uh, whatever's going on now, Animal Crossing or something. Yeah. Um, one thing that really stood out to me in that uh, in that Chinatown scene too, 
And this clicked to me uh, when I saw it. And it's something, it's Frank's attire. Have you ever noticed how he wears like a hoodie, like three times his size with like one side always bagging down too much. And he's like constantly pulling the sleeves up and he just like, he looks lost in there. <laughs> you know what? I, I didn't notice that, but now that you sort of bring it up, I ha- I I can't like especially in these late earlier seasons, he does wear like just like a a, a plain old hoodie. Yeah, like a like a like a Walmart brand like three XL hoodie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. That's so good. And I, I guess you know since we're on the topic, I I think I do have to mention in the Chinatown scene, you know when it, when it is announced that uh, Charlie has not been filming anything, he forgot to put the tape in. He actually. <laughs> says a hilarious line where he's like, you know, I already, I already had the the tape rolled up. Uh, I figured I'd stick with the flashlight thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just sort of highlights uh, Charlie's like really stupidity level uh, in this episode that he'd rather go with a flashlight that it wasn't necessary because Mac even mentions that earlier in the episode versus the actual tape that you would need to film and record something. So uh, that, yeah, that, <laughs> you know, we've commented on this scene so much, but uh yeah, I love that. I love that scene. Now, do you think it was the flashlight that was making Max sweat, or do you think it was just him being overly nervous? Got to be the nervous. I think the flashlight just showed it more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mac was uh, Mac was nervous to be that to be that that star reporter. It was just so funny, like how he kept staring into the camera, even when like they initially like have the idea and like Charlie puts the thing like the tape over to the camera and he like points to Mac and he like bursts out this like creepy smile. Like, I don't know if you noticed that. And then when he's interviewing the old lady and he's just like holding that cool pose on anything, even Charlie like comments, it's like cool, cool pose. Like keep it going. (laughs) We should be filming. I mean, you got that right, Charlie. You got that right. I did it. I did it. Frank. Well, I, I did it, I did it. You were pointing the camera at him, right? Yeah. You got it, right? The yeah, punch and everything, yeah. right? Yeah, no, I, I did I did point the camera at it, but you know what? I did not put a tape in here. What? What are you talking about? All right, well, the problem was that I got the flashlight on and I taped the whole deal up and I realized I'd have to cut all the tape off to get the tape in and I didn't have much more duct tape, so I figured, uh, you know, stick with the flashlight while we got it. <sighs> So you never put a tape while we were out there in the nursing home outside. Oh my God! See what's happening here is we're getting a yelling and yeah, we're gonna get yelling. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I forgot to put a tape in. I forgot to put a tape in. All right, all right, right. So this happens twice in this episode. One of them is in the Chinatown scene where Mac breaks character. I didn't. What was the uh, what was the instance? So basically, what he says when Charlie's like losing it, he's like. All right, yeah, yeah. I forgot to put the I forgot to put the tape in. Like when he's starting to lose it, Mac does like look away from the camera and like try to compose himself. Again. <laughs> I thought that was it's, hilarious. It's always wrong. I love I I love that they do that. I love that they keep that in there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess we we might get into it uh, later on. But another one is when they talk about the chopping of the cats. <laughs> Mac clearly breaks character in that one. Like that's an easy one to see, in my opinion. Dude, I didn't catch any of them. No. Oh man. Uh, yeah. I, I thought I, I caught that in. Uh, it just got me dying. I, I don't know. It just, you know, la- like laughter is contagious. I feel so. Seeing someone else laugh, especially when there's, especially not when they're not supposed to, uh, kind of gets me going too. I, I just like the fact that like it, it clearly shows that they're 
like proud of the work they're doing. They 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 themselves find it genuinely funny. Exactly. Yeah. Like I I like I I know I'm not a trained actor. I know I'm not I'm not in that realm. But like, how could you not laugh at at some of these situations? You know. <laughs> we we uh, we like tend to like talk about like a lot of like crazy life situations and just have like bizarre conversations in general like do you think if we were to put ourselves like in rob and glenn shoes do you think we, w- we would be able to come up with like an fx style show Whew, that's a good question uh i think if we could we would have <laughs> <laughs> well we'll just aired on public access tv well, yeah that's <laughs> true we're, okay. we're right after uh, dancing guy in diaper time i'm okay with i could start on diaper time i'm okay to start on that show <laughs> oh man that'll launch my career maybe i'll start going to the clubs uh doing a bunch of ecstasy uh and start start being bulimic oh yeah easy easy um <laughs> maybe i'll become a club kid which is basically what dennis turns into in this episode uh, yeah we, we haven't we, we've kind of taken a deeper dive into the uh charlie mack and frank side of things but what do you, what'd you think of the d and dennis storyline in this one it was absolutely great i love how dennis kept ditching d to go into the club all the time and it was more like how he said it and the first time d just passes out and then like you know falls asleep on the trash but it was more the second time when d tries to be very straightforward with the bouncer and that doesn't work but dennis still gets in and then Dee goes, you're not going to go in without me again, aren't you? And he goes, well... And it just cuts to him dancing in the glow sticks again. Dennis dancing in the clubs was beyond hilarious. It was just... It was so well done. Like, I, like it, I can just picture, like, Glenn filming that and being like... It's like... He, he probably just told the crew, like, just put the camera on me. I know what to do. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I loved his outfits in the club, too. Particularly... Particularly the second time where he takes his blazer off and he notices it's just a polo shirt and I'm actually a dress shirt. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is is in now. Like, I think, like, back in the day, I think it was, like, cool to wear a full suit to, like, parties and events and clubs and stuff. I don't know. Now it's a lot more casual. You know, rock a polo, just throw a blazer on whatever you're normally wearing. Like, you can even wear just like, rock a t-shirt and just put a blazer on top. I, I used to see people do that all the time. He looked like he was wearing, like, Ed Hardy, though. Yes, yes, definitely, which was very 2007. <laughs> yeah. Did you also notice that when they watch Diaper Time for the first time in the apartment, that Dennis is actually in it? Okay, so I thought I read that like years ago when I first watched this episode, but th- that actually is him in the background. That is there? him, yes. And nobody just notices. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's what that's that's what would have happened if you started going to clubs. You would have been probably the star of Diaper Time, honestly. Probably, and yeah. I, I, do, do you want that? Do you want that in your life? I mean, if you said that that would, you know, launch our career into doing an FX show, then yes, yeah. <laughs> I do, okay. In fact, <laughs> okay, fair. it's it's the way you sell it to me, Dan. I know, I know. I got to work on my sales pitches. Yeah, for sure. Just knowing about Diaper Time, I don't want to be on it, but knowing it's going to launch my career into being a worldwide television star. You sold me. Okay, good. You sold good. me. All right. <laughs> good. I, I, know, I know the way to your heart now. I get it. <laughs> Talking about the, the Dennis D storyline. Uh, so I, I definitely thought this was the weaker storyline of the two. I did find it funny. But you know, also at the end of the day, I didn't really like, 
I think the main storyline was the Mac and Charlie one, and they just needed something for Dennis and D to do. I didn't fully really get why they were doing the whole celebrity thing. Like I did, I, I got, I got the point. Like it was a basic, basic plot, but I don't know, compared to like the Mac and Charlie thing, there wasn't really much to to digest at that point. It's good that they did that because obviously they end up on Dark Time at the end, and that's where I find like the genius writing kicks in because all those little elements of like the dumb things that were airing on public access TV and just like everything that was going on, like all ties in together in the final scene where they like Mac Mac storyline, they don't necessarily get what they want, but they're kind of, you know, the gang kind of like unites back together saying like they both kind of failed at their, uh, at their goals and ambitions in mind and realized how hard it is to survive in that type of world out there. But at the same time, they end up on Diaper Time, <laughs> <laughs> which that became their favorite show in the show. <laughs> that that's true. Yeah, they were they were definitely the 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 leaders of that segment too. And I thought at the end, they they stole that show at the end. Yeah, like did you? I had forgotten like what happened, so that kind of like caught me off guard. So I didn't expect that to happen, and I was like, oh, like that's kind of like the perfect ending to this episode. I like that the storyline happened. I just. It was definitely weaker than the Mac Charlie one in terms of comedy for me. It's because the Mac storyline went like hard out of the gates from the beginning. You know, yes, they yeah. like took off at lightning speed and they delivered like three amazing scenes back to back. Very high energy. I, I completely agree. But yeah, yeah, it was funny. I, I, you know, I will give a huge shout out to D in the scene where she is berating the bouncer. <laughs> yes. Like, holy shit, uh, she rips into that guy. That was actually my runner-up for uh, favorite quote because, you know, I'm, not, I'm obviously not going to go through the whole thing, but, uh, man, um, she really takes him to town and makes him feel absolutely awful. What's your name? D. Reynolds. You on the list? List. <laughs> I don't need to be on that list, you idiot. You piece of dirt. Who are you? I step on you. I clean you off of my shoes at night. I step on you, and then I throw away the shoe. And that shoe that I just threw away, that's worth more than your worthless life, mister. And I'm pissed because I love that shoe. You dirt. You piece of subhuman shit. Whoa, whoa, Dee, take it easy, all right? You know what? I'm not going to take it easy because this talking dump of a bouncer is starting to get on my nerves. I'm going to have you fired, dickhole. Do you know who I am? Do you have any idea, or is your brain too tiny to have ideas? Is there any kind of thought roaming around in that thick shit skull of yours? That was a real, that that is a real thing. I think a lot of people think that they should be able to just get into places, and if they can't, they'll just make, like, like just put someone else down. Yep. And this, this you know, is an early episode, but it really does sort of tie into Dennis's uh, golden god theory where like he thinks that he should just get in uh and he kind of put that onto d in this one but yeah this is like an early glimpse of that uh i think i'm better than everyone mindset that dennis has and you know what he ends up getting in every time so who's the real who's the real loser here you know it's not dennis (laughs) dan um i think we should knock off another category here what was your favorite quote of the episode so okay i'm gonna give you two (laughs) sure i'm gonna give you a I'm going to give you a, uh, an honorable mention and I'm going to give you my, my real one. Okay, let's go. So uh, honorable mention is going to go to Frank. His quote, uh, when they walk into the retirement home, he says, man, it smells like the bottom of a birdcage in here. <laughs> yes. 
Oh man, what a what a descriptive way to uh, to talk about that building. Uh, I love that one. But for myself, it's definitely the part where Charlie says, "Oh yeah, let's chop cats. Let's chop cats." <laughs> What if we set up like a conveyor belt situation, right? Put the cats on that, and then at the end of it, a chopping mechanism. Oh, yeah! Let's chop cats! No, Let's no, no, no. chop cats! No, we don't actually chop the cats. We, D grabs them before... Oh, we'll chop a couple chopped. cats, to, just so no. that you know it's real. Because that's also the scene where Mac breaks character. Like, right when Charlie starts saying that, he, he dies of laughter and they keep, they keep it in. And it's just Charlie's excitement about, like... Well, hey, we'll, we'll have to chop a couple cats. <laughs> <laughs> I love how they had like a prototype set up for that to actually run through yeah, the scheme. Yeah, the, the mechanism. <laughs> when Charlie said that, I like I was like truly laughing out loud. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that that has to be my favorite quote. Awesome. Uh, I'll, you know what? Because you did it, I'll do it too. I'll, I'll give it an honorable mention and my favorite one too. Uh, my favorite one's a little more tame. It was just more how it was said doesn't really make sense. But my audible mention is Charlie, not necessarily for how he said it. I just found Charlie's deliverables in this episode to be fantastic. And it's when they realize that he doesn't have the tape in the tape recorder. And then uh, Frank goes, you got all that. And she's like, I didn't, I didn't. (laughs) I love when they use that terminology. I need to start using that. I didn't, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) The way he said it, I I was laughing so hard. But my favorite actual lyric quote is of the episode was Frank is when he says, "We set the building uh, on fire. You just happened to catch on fire." <laughs> when <laughs> when D claims that they set her on fire in the building, and then Frank says, "We set the building on fire. You just happened to catch on fire," which makes absolutely no sense, but it was very clever writing. That's <laughs> Frank Reynolds' logic, though. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I had to start using that in real life. Like if, like if yeah. my, if, if your boss, like, Hey, uh, did, did you finish that report? I'm like, well, I did. I didn't. <laughs> it's like, I had the intention. I bought a flashlight, yeah. but I actually didn't do what you told me to do. This was actually one of the toughest parts of, uh, you know, our podcast to actually decipher favorite quote thing was the toughest part for me. There were so many great quotes, like so many moments where I'm like, Oh, this line could be the best one. But yeah, man, uh, I think a, lo- a good collection of uh, hilarious quotes in this one. Absolutely. I think we should uh, maybe address some of the setting on fire scenes now. Um, kind of encompasses the title of the episode. I just, okay, well, first of all, the makeup that they put on Mac's face. And then when Charlie sings to Mac while he's massaging him. Genius, genius scene. I, I absolutely love that too. Right. Um and obviously D is kind of fed up and is not really finding her place in the club scene. So she comes and joins Mac, Charlie and Dennis with kind of makes like kind of a third storyline uh, or like a 2.5 and they get her involved. And then when Mac starts <laughs> recording the new scene, he's just sweating so much. And Charlie's like, dude, you got to stop sweating. <laughs> and, and just like running through the makeup. What I even found funnier was that in the following scene when they're sitting in the apartment and watching rewatching tape, he still has the makeup on. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, that, that is good. He can't get it off. <laughs> and it's kind of like a precursor because like his face kind of looks burnt, <laughs> and it's kind of like a hey, like this is what's about to happen. Like coming. Yeah. Yep. It was all a plot just to like shit on D, and like they were they just came up with something to kind of put like a new story around it. <laughs> and as soon as she walks into the building, it's like. 
oh, it smells really, a, a lot like kerosene in here. <laughs> and then, yeah, Frank lights the match and just throws <laughs> and it Frank in. Frank is like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> she runs out and they put her out with the extinguisher. And then it happens again in the well. I I love um, <laughs> how Mac realizes that it's going, the building will be set on fire. Oh my God, yes. He's like, I'm saving the cats from what? And then looks at Frank, and obviously Frank has been trying to set something on fire the entire episode for some for some reason. Has that was that ever explained, just, or just like he just wants to? Uh, it adds to the excitement. <laughs> so this is a uh, you know I, we kind of mentioned it earlier that we talked about the uh, the gang uh, home makeover episode. Obviously, that, that is full of destruction. This is another one that is full of destruction. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, like, there isn't as much, like, just chaos and destruction as there were in those older episodes. Uh, and I kind of I miss that. You know, I kind of miss them. Like, the instinct is to just, like, completely destroy a place. I love that. Absolutely. It, it, it also reminds me of the episode where um, Mac and Charlie uh, want to drive Dee's car into the wall to fake their suicide, you know? Just going to the the absolute extremes. Uh, uh, that yeah, this is yeah. This this episode really highlights some of the elements I love about the show. You know, it's just like the absolute you know to the limit chaos, and a lot of the bickering. Like the 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 group bickers a lot in this, and I love that. I love when they start talking a lot over of each bickering, other. yell a lot of yelling. I uh, but yeah, you 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 hit the nail on the head when you said Frank is just constantly trying to set something on fire in this episode. And again, like the the way they shifted to this was uh, when they get her to go down in the well, and it's like, oh, you can't you can't set a well on fire. There's water in there, <laughs> and they just pan back to Frank. It's like, give me the matches. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you saw a well, dude? I can't remember. Maybe yeah. never. <laughs> I I might be in the never category. Uh, <laughs> weird. Uh, just 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 weird to see one. Even in 2007, it was weird to see one. It was even weird that it was like in the middle of nowhere in the episode. Like, where were they? No idea. Some park, I guess. Um, (laughs) Should we talk about how they have like an abundance of cats? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe these are the cats that keep coming to Charlie's apartment. (laughs) That's what I was. I I was gonna. I'm thinking that this ties into the whole cat food thing. This ties into the. you know, uh, put a bunch of cat hairs on you. <laughs> yeah. It was also like a very uh, typical thing to do, like saving the cat from the tree type thing, but they just made it way more extreme. Does that happen anymore? I never, like, I know the news these days are just filled with viruses and uh, political elections, but um, does, has a firefighter helped a cat of a tree anytime lately? Dude, has it ever even happened? Like, it do you even know have. a cat that would climb up a tree? Actually, I do know a cat that climbs up a tree. I, I, so I yes. can find some cats for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Has it ever happened lately? If it did, it's definitely not important enough to cover the news now. <laughs> that's that's who they need to be highlighting, man. Yeah, for sure. I don't want to. I don't want to find out about some some made up pandemic. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the bird flu. Bird flu. <laughs> yeah, they're just passing the same fish head back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we yeah with the cats. Yeah, there's there's clearly an abundance of cats, and. Uh, the options so since since they're they're done with the fire thing you know they're, they're kind of done working on that their idea is to make a chopping mechanism where mac can at the last minute save the cats from dying from this conveyor belt that has an axe at it again the most extreme solution to uh, a non-existent problem 
Yeah. This is this is classic Sunny to me. Uh, like, oh yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just have this chopping mechanism. Chop, let's chop cats. Let's chop cats. <laughs> and then Charlie was worried that his hand was going to show in the in the camera. Well, at the last minute, we're not going to show them. And Char- <laughs> Char- Charlie doesn't understand that they're not actually going to kill the cats. No, Char- uh, they they do a great job in these earlier seasons of making Charlie dumb, but not too dumb. Like even when Frank said, "Like we should go down to the plant and report how it's giving the entire city cancer," it's like, "Holy shit! I didn't know that, dude." <laughs> Charlie is the people that are misinformed. You know, yes, if, if we're looking yes. at it in a 2020 lens. Charlie is the people that like see something on Facebook and think that the vaccines are going to kill you. <laughs> they read something online or they only read the headline and they like make up their own assumption. Our world is full of Charlie Kelly's. That's that's a scary thing. Dan, they should they should absolutely do this episode where like they're all on Twitter. And <laughs> yes. they just like and they just like come across like a random bunch of like bullshit mis- misinformation while the while the coronavirus is happening. I cannot wait for some coronavirus-themed uh, sunny episodes. Dude, I can't wait for these next four seasons. I think they're going to have a lot to write about, especially after what happened this year. Yeah, oh, they've got so much so much ammo. Yeah, that's why I think it's going to be their best four seasons because they're going to be writing off a lot. A lot of like, their personal lives, just like, or the world. Like Everybody's like feeling the same way, you know? A lot, a lot of new social issues for them to kind of comment on now. <laughs> and I, I just can't wait to see like an 80 year old, like insane lunatic Danny DeVito, like doing all this dumb shit on television. You know, I, I, I really hope he stops coloring his hair. Like, I think it's going to add to the show if he like comes out with the white hair, you know? Yeah, I think they need to start reflecting uh, his true age. They, they, you know, you can only hide that really so much. Right. But uh yeah, I agree. I, I hope they, you know, let Danny DeVito be himself, basically. It's, it's just going to be like your typical crazy old man. Like, who doesn't want that? Yeah, after all this craziness and, you know, chaos and destruction that the, the gang has kind of set up already, um, like, they've literally burned down a building already and a well. Um, and I've, I'm hoping I've not killed any cats. <laughs> I'm surprised D survived. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, they all, they all kind of, uh, you know, get together in the bar and then uh, at this point, dancing guy has been on, like they're not, they're not stopping watching this guy. They're, they're all hooked. And then it goes to the, uh, diaper time episode or segment and, uh, Dennis and D are both in it and their reactions to seeing them on this show are amazing. Like, like if you just, just pause that, pause that scene. When there's like a still of each person, look at their face individually. Amazing reactions. Um, yeah, what a great way to sort of wrap up all the storylines and uh, yeah, hilarious stuff. Dude, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And uh, this was all around like not only a hilarious episode, but one that really uh, caught me off guard because like I said, I went into it not expecting, not knowing what to expect and not remembering the episode like whatsoever. And uh, I watched it as if I watched Sunny for the first time and I was loving it all over again. Yeah, me too. Me too. I guess we should uh, knock off our last category here of our favorite character of this episode. Dan, let's hear it. Uh, my favorite character of this episode is going to be Mac. For me, it, it bounced before, b- between Mac and Charlie. You know, when Mac is on camera, like when he's just trying to be that star reporter, 
it's just perfect. I, you know, I think a lot of the episode spawns from Max storyline. I think he was the most important part of the story. Yeah. His delivery and all these, all these scenes and yeah, his just him with the makeup on and, you know, him trying to like, you know, you know, get on, get on TV and be that star that he wants to be just perfect. Uh, yeah. I loved, I loved Mac, but Charlie is a close second for me. You know, actually, everyone was really, really good. This is another one I I, thought I had a tough time with. I thought everyone could have had a you know an argument for best character, but uh, yeah, I'd put Charlie as as sec- close second because he had some hilarious parts. Dude, same exact same thing for me. My favorite character was Mac for obvious reasons, as you just mentioned. Uh, dude, he killed it as a reporter. <laughs> it was just perfection. Uh, I and I can't stop like picturing him in my head, like profusely sweating. It just made it so funny. And the ear holding, the ear holding killed me, <laughs> killed me the most. It was the funniest thing ever. Uh, and absolutely, Charlie is a very close second. It was another like um, similarity to uh, the home makeover, extreme home makeover episode was uh, how there was that um, camaraderie between Dennis and Charlie. You saw that here with Charlie and Mac, obviously. With that, like without one or the other, like they couldn't have shined in this episode. Um, but yeah, Mac was just over the top. The makeup, the blazer, the reporter attitude, the sweat. It was, it was all too funny. Okay, can you see the sweat? I'm sweating a little bit. So much. Yeah, that's a lot? So much. Okay, what if I do? Let's go. Okay. Good afternoon, Philadelphia. We're here in Chinatown where a large crowd has gathered for what can only be a martial arts showdown. You look scared. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not just sweating. It's very, very hot. Uh, martial, arts. Okay, martial arts Expo. Just, just go in. Go in. Uh, that's it. Our last episode of 2020. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You know, I am glad we ended off on a, on a high note here. Uh, um, me too. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's been fun kind of like, uh, just, you know, starting this podcast and just kind of taking a deep dive into some of the episodes and, you know, looking at it in a different sense that I normally would have on my first run through. Um, and yeah, this episode was fucking hilarious uh um, absolutely you know it's, it's the earliest one we've done so far uh there's a season three episode so this is the earliest one that we've covered on this podcast and um you know it's really cool to kind of jump around and kind of see the quality differences and writing ideas and like character development in different seasons and you know seeing this as, as an early episode uh i cannot wait to start getting more into these early episodes yep i think uh it's gonna kind of i don't know it's gonna make it fun to reflect on them you know like because we were saying like this is a this this episode 13 years old now it's 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 fun to kind of like look back on a different time uh and see how these writers took that relevance at that time right so uh yeah it was cool it was a great episode i loved it yeah for sure we've we've uh we've seen a lot of variety in sunny by covering all the sorts of episodes we've covered so far uh we've done old ones we've done new ones uh we've seen you know ones with themes ones with just crazy schemes uh a lot and that's the beauty about sunny is that they have a lot to offer they have genius actors writers producers and they can do it all and uh once they kind of set an idea in mind they get so creative with it and even the episodes that we rated lower uh were still good um uh, given the context of that specific episode 
So overall, uh, it's been a blast covering these episodes so far, and I am very much looking forward to covering more episodes. But before we reveal what our next episode will be, we got to rate this one out of 10. Daniel, hit us with your final rating of 2020. Make a grand. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to repeat uh, my big spiel about how much I love this episode. Great episode. Everyone killed it. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. Damn. All right. Well, I'll. I won't repeat myself either. But I will give it a nine out of ten. I. Uh, I love it. It was honestly like not many low notes in this one. Mostly high. Yeah. Yeah. There's not really many ways I can critique this episode. There weren't like storyline plot holes. There weren't like you know things that just didn't make sense to me or things I didn't like. Like everything was was awesome. Yeah, I, I don't have much. Ne- I, I can't really think of much negative things to say about this one. I I, I was also a fan of how Frank delivered his lines in this episode too. He kind of has like that um like that gravelly old voice man, uh, old man voice. I mean, old voice man. Wow, especially when he goes because they get an ass right. <laughs> Yeah, because they get an ass raped. It's like, no, nobody's getting ass raped. <laughs> so good. That's so good. And <laughs> didn't, didn't he want to say, yeah, he wanted to set the retirement home on fire too. <laughs> yeah, he was gung-ho about setting something on fire. So he's, you know, he he woke up and chose violence that day. So it, it's like, it's like a meat fridge. They got to keep it cold in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so both of us, both of us pretty high ratings. Yeah, we were both on. We were both on the same page a lot on this episode. Yes, too. we were. We were. So uh, you know, I'm kind of glad we're we're sort of aligned. Um, you know, comparing it to the rest of the population. Um, uh, you know, if I look at the IMDb scores for this, it's an 8.6. So it's you know, it's about in the middle of where you know you and I sort of scored it, and this is ranked uh, 67th out of 154 episodes. IMDb's finally uh, listening to us. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Pers- personally, I thought this actually would have been a little bit higher, but I think uh, you know maybe it was the time it was released. Like it wasn't just didn't you know maybe it didn't hit at that time. To me, it hits now more than ever. Tell you the truth. I, I like it better now than I did on my first run through the show. Absolutely. It's all in the context. Like we said, like we're, we're living a lot of the things they were saying. Uh, and, you know, when I watched Sunny for the first time a couple of years ago, I could have never predicted that, you know, I, I would have never predicted that in 2020, I'd be covering a podcast about the show and we do an episode on a pandemic that they mentioned, but we're actually living the pandemic in real life. Crazy. You're crazy, man. And uh, I guess before we go, the last thing we ought to do is uh, reveal what our next episode that we're covering is going to be. Dan, would you uh, like to do the honors or do you not recall? <laughs> oh, oh, I recall. Uh, yes, I, I. You know, we just sort of mentioned that um, I, I'm really going to enjoy kind of looking back on some of the older episodes. Um, and so. The next episode we're gonna, or we're gonna do is gonna be season three, episode two. So an even earlier episode than this one. Uh, it is the gang gets invincible. Absolutely, uh, fantastic episode. Uh, a lot of notable quotes there that kind of stand out when it comes to Sunny. And uh, really, I mean, from what I recall, it was a hilarious episode. So I really hope it uh, it lives up to that. I yeah I uh, I already remember this episode and if it holds up as much as I remember from my first uh, run through, I cannot wait. So uh, yeah, this is gonna be part of my uh, holiday um, watching. We uh, all we can do during this pandemic is <laughs> stay inside and watch more Sony. When this when this lockdown's done, when this pandemic's over, 
You're celebrating hard. Everyone's gonna be celebrating hard. Uh, you know, is, uh, if you weren't a raver dis- before, dis- is Disco Dan making an appearance? <laughs> that inter- introduction of Disco Dan, I think. People, the the public is finally going to know who Disco Dan is. Uh, it's a scary thought. It's a scary thought to release that information to anyone else. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just keep that under wraps, and uh, nobody else needs to know of that. So there we go. <laughs> Absolutely. Well. Uh... Yeah, yeah, again, thank you uh, for everyone that's been listening and uh, have an awesome 2021. <laughs>